Well, good afternoon. How is everybody? I'm supposed to say blessed. <laughs> I am back from vacation, barely back from vacation. Um, uh, we sat there and um, I left last night. I took the red eye from San Diego, uh, California at uh, 10.25 p.m. And then it was a, a three and a half hour flight to... Uh, Atlanta. We got into Atlanta about 4.30 in the morning. And so um, I slept for about two hours on the plane. And then I slept for about an hour this morning in Atlanta airport. And then I slept for about an hour on the plane from Atlanta to Pittsburgh. And then I just drove the two hours up here. And I had to um, drop stuff off and then go in and take an hour nap. And I still feel like I need another five-hour nap. But I have a busy day today, and we have our foundation's um, um, board tonight. So you got to pray for me that uh, we get all this stuff in and done, and I stay uh, awake, you know. So it was a fantastic time for those of you asked. Some of you I got to see um, Paul and Julia, we had and met their dog. We had a fine time out there. Had some uh, world-famous tri-tip beef out there. It was very good. Had a very relaxing, very good time. I was ready to come back, and that's always a good sign. When you're ready to come back from your vacation, it's time for your vacation. The weather was perfect. It was 70 degrees every day. Uh, at night, it would get chilly too chilly, but it was still good. I got to walk every day along the beach, and uh, it was fantastic. So thanks for all those of you who prayed for me, and uh, uh, for it was a refreshing time. And then I go to uh, Cleveland this weekend on Saturday and do a, a father-son retreat up there. And so I'm looking forward to that. And so and next week, uh, while I'm thinking about it, I just got to double check here. We have a, a meeting with the bishop, and it's going to be next Thursday. So I'm not going to have uh, my podcast next Thursday because um, they're trying to... Uh, we have to refocus on what we're going to do as a, in the diocese, so uh, we have a big important meeting up there. And so I will not be able to be here next week uh, because of that meeting with the diocese. So I'm not sick or anything like that. I just have other things I got to do too. So that's one of those things. This past week, uh, we also hired someone that's going to be taking care of our uh, podcasts and everything. So we're going to be coming out with new formats and everything else in the very near future. So um, I'm guessing we'll be able to start doing that in a couple of weeks after when I come back. Um, from not being here next week. So again, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you for your love, for your mercy. We thank you for giving me refreshment, for allowing me to just spend time with you and relax for the last 10 days. Father, it was so necessary, so I thank you for bringing me back here safely. I just ask that you would continue to reach out and touch everyone who listens to this podcast and give them such great peace. Help them to know you 
to know you as our Father and to really enter into a deeper relationship with you. We beg you these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us, good Saint Joseph. Pray for us, in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so this is the reason for our hope, um, or um, Anchored in Hope is what we call the podcast time of it. So that's our time just to, to, to focus on those things which give us hope. It's a time to answer questions. So if you're alive, you can answer, you can put some questions on the comments here on the YouTube thing, and I'll get them. Um, if you get this later and you want me to answer one of your questions, just write an email to the foundation at thereasonforourhope.org, thereasonforourhope.org, and uh, that'll be able to and just put podcasts on there and we'll be able to deal with your questions there. Okay? So, I, I, there's a bobby pin here. Remember bobby pins? I didn't even know they still had bobby pins. A bobby pin. I have no idea why I have a, body, a bobby pin on my uh, desk. I, I don't use it, in case you're wondering. I don't use bobby pins. I haven't seen one, like, forever. My mom had them all the time. But anyway, that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. It's just me punchy because I'm tired. <laughs> so anyway, let's start answering questions. If we can here. Ah, happy day. Welcome back. I had an amazing vacation. Thank you. Blessed. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I can sleep on planes. I usually can. This plane, too, because I uh, use my, all my miles because I fly so much, so I use my miles to go up to first class, and my my uh, first class ticket uh, on the red eye was one of those flatbeds, you know, which was very nice, you know, to sit there and, uh, you know, it, could go, it went all the way flat, too flat for me. I couldn't handle that, but I got to at least sleep. I had a mask on and could sleep for those hours, so... I was quite happy, even though sometimes people sit there and go like, uh, well, what's a priest doing in first class? The priest flies a lot, so <laughs> that's what he's doing <laughs> in first class. And I always say the way to come before God is with your hands open, let God give what he wants, and let God take what he wants. And so uh, uh, you take the good with the bad, and that was a good, uh, good thing last night. So I was quite happy by God's grace. Okay. I can always sleep. Hi, Father Larry. Hi, Julia. That's where I was for dinner. Uh, we were so glad to have you, your home safe and sound, and even happier we got to see you while you were out here. It was very good. Very good. The food was good. You have a terrific dog. They had a great dog, and um, never stopped playing with me from the time I walked in the door to the time I left. Never. Not even for a second. Not even during dinner, which I really like. So it was all good. Uh, first thing I do when I come home is I saw my dog and he had an ear infection while I was gone but they worked uh, quite well and got him all uh, better so he's doing quite well too and uh, you know he looked at me like uh, oh you're back huh? well, that's nice well they took really good care of me while you were gone just so you know so Father Mac took good care of him and all my staff took great care of him he's a spoiled rotten dog anyway Cameron, welcome back, Father. Thank you for your example and service. We have helped me deal with anger issues. Excuse me. I still have anger issues. I didn't lose it on vacation. I got irritated a few times on vacation. But everything else was pretty good. There was uh, 
<laughs> what I was irritated about first is last week when I was leaving, I had to go to Pittsburgh because I have to fly out of Pittsburgh. And so it snowed really bad that uh, 17th, 16th and 17th. Right now we have lots of snow in Erie, Pennsylvania. But anyway, so we were supposed to leave at 6.15 in the morning out of Pittsburgh. And I was supposed to be in San Diego at 10.30 in the morning. Well, I got to the airport on time. There was nobody at the airport, literally, because so many uh, things had been canceled. Flights had been canceled. Mine was not. But what happened was the pilot who was on his way to Pittsburgh airport to fly us out, uh, there was an accident, and so he missed the flight. So they had to bring in another pilot, and so we never took off in Pittsburgh till uh, 9.30 in the morning. So I missed my next flight to San Diego. And so I had a thing with Fox uh, Rental Agency for a rental car down there because it's a, a, a cheap uh, cheaper rental car and it's right with other stuff. So I had never used them before. So I thought, okay, I'll try to give these people a try. So I called them or I emailed them and I said, listen, we're having uh, we're stuck because of snow, just to let you know I'm going to be late. I have no idea how long. And then they had me on a lighter, later flight, but I was going to get in till, like not till like 10 o'clock. So I worked with the people because uh, I went to Detroit, and they got me out, and I went through Salt Lake City, and Salt Lake City has a beautiful new airport. Uh, a couple years, but it was the first time I saw it. But again, I even called them, and I said, listen, I know it says you only hold the thing for six hours, but I'm going to be like seven hours. Nothing I can do about it. You know, if you'd please hold off. And the woman was so, so nice. So anyway, so I get there, and uh, the manager of this uh, Fox rental car was very, nope, six hours. And I said, well, I, I think you should at least, when there's weather like this, you know, because it's really bad. I mean, everybody was book canceled, all these flights. You could at least, you don't have to, of course, but you could have a little compassion and uh, still help me out. Nope. He said, we only rent it for six hours. You're late. They can't do it. We can rebook you. And I says, okay, but of course they couldn't rebook me. I had the whole car for the 10 days for $290, everything. And he's going back and forth, trying to get me to get the insurance. You know how these people are. Young guy, you know, is just, uh, well, I am the manager. Because I said, could I talk to the manager? You know, I am the manager. And I said, well, I'm going to call the CEO when I get home, which I have not done yet, but I will uh, put some stuff out there because you couldn't have any compassion. He said, well, I'm having, I'm, I give, I'm giving you a car that you should have for a lot more. So I said, okay, how much? And he says, 310. I go, okay, that's not bad, $30 more. Well, that was a lie. It was 310 plus fees. So it ended up costing me $397, an extra $100 when I dropped off the car yesterday. So I was not a happy camper. So I even said to the guy, I said, well, thank you for your kindness that you're doing that for me. And he didn't do anything for me. So don't trust these people down there in uh, San Diego with the Fox uh, car rental. The, uh, I always figure if you're doing this to a priest, you're doing it to everybody else. You know, it wasn't a uh, little bit of compassion goes a long way today. Um, you know, so he said, you don't like it, you can go get another, you can go get another our car agency. So, anyway, it's just, 
I wasn't hoping. That was the only time I really got irritated, but I didn't let it show. I didn't yell and scream and carry on like I can do. I just thought, okay, I was so tired. I was just, I wanted to get to my hotel and relax. But again, so didn't happen. That's okay. We'll sit there and take care of it. Okay, let's go on here to the, this is Jane from Facebook. Hi, Father. Question to, uh, for your YouTube. In the reading today, it talks about David cutting the head off the Pharisee. Um, the Philistine is what it should say. Knocking him down, cause with a stone. How, does, how can this be allowed by God? Good teaching to cause another person harm. Um, again, the, the scripture is you shall not murder. They were in battle. And the... the it saved thousands of lives because instead of the the Philistines and the Jewish people uh, fighting, which could have many, many people died, and the Philistines had beaten the Jews before, they had a thing, okay, we'll deal it this way. You give me your best, and we'll give you our best. And that was Goliath. And everybody was afraid to fight Goliath, except for David, who was a kid. And he, with God's power, he went against him, and he says... Uh, uh, I'll, you're going to see how God works. And so then he struck him, and then he cut off his head. It's a very violent... Uh, I, have a, I have a statue of this I have at my house, a little metal statue about the power of God, and we get to slay all the... the God is a, a, a giant slayer when we can come with him and make sure we're doing what we're doing with him. But God is the God of life that even when life is taken like that, God still, how does God deal with that? We talked about last time I was here, like all the kids that were killed at, um, before Holy Innocence, well, of course, the Holy Innocence, but even after um, Moses told Pharaoh, because of this, all your firstborn shall die. You know, how does that happen? Uh, God is a just God meaning that people die, people lie, live, but he's a God of mercy. But in the Old Testament, we did more fighting in God's name than we did healing in God's name. In the New Testament, when Jesus comes, he fulfills all that justice, and now we do more healing in God's name. You know, things start changing when Jesus says, you know, love your enemies, do good to those who persecute you. Someone slaps you on your left cheek, turn them to you, give them your right. You know, so Jesus really, I mean, it was just like a slap in the face to these people. Like, what are you telling us? And even, even us, you know, when we talk about, uh, like, like, again, when I'm trying to deal with people about how does Jesus deal with the, uh, the mess of the world, the sin of the world, the uh, garbage of the world, the injustice of the world. It's always the cross, correct? This is how God deals with it. He comes, he takes the sins of the people who did it, and he dies for them. And he dies for you, he dies for me, and we got to remember it's what he did. So because of this, we learn about the mercy of God beyond anything we could ever think about. Because when we're always focused on justice and... Uh, and this is the fulfillment of justice, right? The God, justice is every sin must, uh, the penalty must be paid. So God says, I know, I know how to fix this. I myself will become one of them, us, 
and I will take their sin upon myself, and I will fulfill the justice that justice demands. So he comes, he takes your sins and my sins, which means eternal damnation if we're all into justice. I don't care how holy you think you are. You're not. Neither am I. Ain't I exciting? I know. You deserve eternal damnation. Not this person. All of us do. I deserve eternal damnation. Do you feel good about yourself right now? I'm just wondering. But until we really, really know that, that I'm messed up and I need a savior. And then God becomes one of us, takes your sins, takes my sins, and he pays the penalty. He fulfills the justice of Almighty God in himself. And then he gives us mercy. So often people just want to be the instrument of justice for God. Jesus fulfilled the fullness of justice of God. We need to be the instruments of mercy and to take what Jesus did. So again, part of this is uh, uh, the way we look at life through the Old Testament. It's the same God. I mean, again, we're not talking about Old Testament gods and New Testament gods. The Old Testament God was mean and New Testament God was uh, nice. That's not what we're saying, not what we're saying, not what we're saying. Same God. And this God himself becomes a man, second person of Trinity, and takes our sins upon himself to fulfill justice, all justice, all of it was fulfilled on his death on the cross. That's why we always have crucifixes as Catholics, to remind us that justice of God was filled by Jesus, not by you, not by me, by Jesus. And that can help, okay? And then another question here from the same person. When you have time, why does the priest have the bread consecrated and the congregation of the bread from the tabernacle? It's a very practical reason. Sometimes we don't, um, there's not enough. So like, let's say we're, we, you know, like for us at a daily mass, I think we have 20, 25 people. I don't know, depending on the day. And so let's say we put 20, 25 uh, hosts out, but then 40 people show up while we have in the tabernacle hosts that have been consecrated. Or um, we need the hosts in the tabernacle consecrated for if someone's sick or someone's dying and we need to take them uh, uh, viaticum or just take people communion. Or like uh, when I was uh, sick with COVID a couple weeks ago, by God's grace, I had stuff in the tabernacle so they could have a communion service. Uh, so there's lots of reasons. It's just practical reasons. I hope those answers help you, Jane. Okay, so let's go back to the live chat here. <laughs> you have 48 people watching. That's not good. We got we to gotta do stuff to get these things. I think it's a time, but anyway. Excuse me. Okay. Father Larry, boom. What do you tell our Protestant friends when they ask us if we're saved and if they ask how we know we're saved? I always say, first of all, of course I'm saved as far as I know, but I still have free will. See, uh, some Protestants, not all, believe once saved, always saved, that uh, once you give your life to Christ, no matter what you do, you cannot lose salvation. Well, that's a lie. Um, and, and, and because God doesn't take away our free will. 
Huh? I can always curse God and die, right? I can say, God, I don't want this. So you can't um, say once saved, always saved, because you still have free will. But when, um, when someone asked Jesus explicitly, Nicodemus, John chapter 3, verse 5, you know, Jesus says, uh, you must be born again to enter the kingdom. And so Nicodemus asks explicitly, what's it mean to be born again? He says, you must be born of water and the spirit, which is, what is that? What is that? That's baptism. So for Catholics, we've always believed that the day we get saved is the day we get baptized. But we have to accept the grace that was given to us on that day. You know, again, the sacraments are not magic. You know, we don't just sit there and like, okay, take a baby here, put water on. Ah, they've been saved. They can do anything they want. They're going to hell. No, they got to they gotta cooperate with the grace. And this comes back to the other, the, uh, for every one of us, it's what Jesus Christ did for us, not what we do for him that brings us salvation. We have to accept what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. We have to let him live in our life, Galatians 2, 19 and 20. I no longer live, Jesus Christ lives inside of me. Because again, too many of us try to earn salvation. You can't earn salvation. Then that does that mean if you could earn salvation, then the cross was a waste of God's time because you could earn it. You could be good enough. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough. It's what Jesus Christ did for you. What does that mean? That you and I should be grateful. You know, I most Catholics never get it. They walk around miserable with themselves. I'm such a sinner. I'm no good. And you're a sinner too. And you're going to hell. Why? Because they're all trying to earn salvation. That's not the Catholic teaching. You and I, by definition, should be grateful to Almighty God that He in His goodness have done great things for us. As Mary said, and holy is His name. So we should be telling our faces, we should be so joyful that we cooperate with the grace. Now, to go back to the saved thing, like I've talked about before, I have no fear of eternal damnation. Now, again, as I've talked about, do I deserve eternal damnation? And all of you are going, yes, you do, Father. Correct. Someone said to me the other day that uh, uh, they don't like Father Larry Richards. Many reasons, I get it. Because I can be crude. True statement. Um, I am... I'm crude. I'm all those things. I'm just a real man trying to follow Jesus as best I can. Don't do it fake. There's just, this is me, people. That's simple as it is. Anyway, but I deserve damnation. Yes, I do. So do you. I can be damned. Of course I can, because as we talked about earlier, my free will. I can be damned by rejecting Jesus whether that's an act of the will, God forbid, or by committing mortal sin. By definition, mortal sin is on purpose. Um, 
So again, serious matter, full knowledge, full consent of the will. It's wrong. I know it's wrong. And I know I can be damned if I do it, but I do it anyway. Then I can be damned. But with all my heart, I try to do God's will. Not perfectly. I want to do it perfectly, but I'm so filled with me that uh, I get in the way. And so, but I keep surrendering. You know, every morning, um, I surrender my heart, my life to you. Use me for your glory. You know, I just want to do what you want me to do. So an aside, I did, did get to do a lot of my uh, writing on my book this past week on the Lord's Prayer. So um, it's getting there. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying <coughs> that I get it done here soon. Anyway, so we need to be the most grateful of people. Like when I ask people, even on here, and you've already asked, when I say, how are you? The answer is blessed. Not I'm just a sinner. I'm okay. I live in the valley of tears. Come on. Well, Father, there were great saints that way. Yes, there were, and there were great joyful saints too. Look at St. Philip Neri. Don't choose and focus only on the negative ones. We had joyful saints. Mother Teresa was a joyful saint. John Paul II was a joyful saint. John the Twenty Third was a joyful saint. Francis is going to be... <laughs> Boy, someone really, a couple of weeks ago before I left on vacation, some guy sat there and uh, really took me on because, you know, uh, I said, Gee, uh, saint, uh, Pope Francis is the closest thing, I think, to Jesus. And he said, first of all, how dare you say that? How, how can you even begin to say that? And he says, no, he was not elected by the Holy Spirit. Quite interesting. This man has separated himself from the church. And then he attacked me and all these things. And he, you know, of course, I, <laughs> I blocked him. And as people say, Father, I, I expect more of you. You shouldn't be blocking people. I know I'm not Jesus. I need to be Jesus more. But I'm not, and it's not that I'm blocking them from salvation. There's plenty of ways to see me if they're the least bit interested. But I don't want all the negative comments against the Pope or the church. I won't stand for it, period. You know, again, Jesus would sit there, like uh, my classmate years ago said, uh, if Pope Francis needs a... Um, a Rottweiler to protect him. That's what he should make me because I would not put up with any of this stuff against the Pope. I would say, you know, just give me five minutes, Pope. Just give me five minutes. You know, <laughs> it's just like, no, he's too kind. You know, he can't be too kind. I'm not as kind as Pope Francis. Here he lives all the stuff and brings Jesus to the world, to sinners, to, to do this. And the people that don't know God, are the ones that are most against him. They've never had an experience of God. In my opinion, that's a judgment. But almost everyone I've ever talked to that are very angry against the Pope or any of this stuff have no experience of God. None. It's all something they learned and they're angry about all these other things, but they've never had an encounter with the love of God. Because once you have an encounter with the love of God, then you're going to bring that love to others. St. John the Evangelist, after, you know, St. John the Evangelist, the one at the Last Supper, had his head on the chest of Jesus. And it was said, 
that John the Evangelist, every time he preached, he always talked about love. Talk about people going crazy. Love, 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 love. These people drive me crazy. Anyway, so love, 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 love. And so someone finally went up to St. John and says, John, how come you always preach about love, 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 love? That's all you talk about. And he says, because that's all there is. How could John say that? Because he listened to the heartbeat of Jesus Christ at the Last Supper. He knew Jesus Christ intimately, meaning, I submit to you people, you can say a rosary every day, Divine Mercy Chaplet every day, spend a holy hour every day, be willing to die for the Eucharist every day, but have never had an encounter with Jesus. You can do that because you've never been quiet long enough to let the Lord, the God of the universe, embrace you and love you. You know, even I was talking, I was with Bishop John Dolan, great guy, auxiliary bishop in San Diego, good friend of mine. We were uh, together on our sabbatical in Rome years ago. But I was talking about my book, and uh, I was just talking about the first chapter. And I was reflecting on, and it's coming, you know, like, here's the God of the universe who there isn't one person in the world that God does not love, not one not one. Every single person is in existence because they are loved into existence by the God of love. And that which gives him the most joy is if we love everyone the way he loves them. Can, can you even have a sense how insulted God is when we treat his children like garbage? and with anger and hatred. Like that guy who came after me, there was no love in him. There was no uh, father. Uh, can we talk about this? I can understand talking about it. You don't have to agree with me. But if you start fighting with me, I have issues. I fight back. <laughs> it's a problem. I don't love the way God wants me to love. And I know that. And I always say, increase my love for you and your people. Increase my love for you and your people. Increase my love for you and your people. My prayer over vacation, for whatever reason, was uh, may I be Jesus and may I see Jesus. May I be Jesus today to everyone and may I see Jesus today in everyone. Because no one was created apart from Jesus. There isn't no one that God doesn't want saved. And no one gets to be saved by us yelling and screaming and judging them and saying this person isn't of God. And what is that? It really says something about what's going on in their hearts, but they've never experienced. I would uh, pay a million dollars saying that. Even some of the most biggest speakers there are out there, they might speak well about the love of God, but have never experienced it. And that's why they're so judgmental. That's the problem. And so we got to ask Jesus for his heart. We got to ask and to come to experience the love of God so that we can be the love of God in the world. Again, the opening line of my new book is, we were created by love to be love in a world that doesn't know love. We were created by love, God is love, to be love, his presence, in a world that doesn't know love, 
that's what we're called to do. And that's what this hour, when we say the hour of the Lord's Prayer every day means. It's a lot. And so I just think that we really, really, really got to get over ourselves and start asking for the mind of God. And uh, so, again, he said, everyone will know you're my disciples, not because you judged everybody, not because you hated everybody, not because you went against the Pope, not because, uh, you know, you think he's like the one guy, he says, he's an instrument of the evil. He's the most evil Pope we've ever had. Really? You don't know anything about history. And sometimes it's pure ignorance when people say these things. The most evil Pope we ever had. Yeah. No pope has ever led us into uh, heresy. So when people talk about that, because then this would not be the church of God, Jesus lied, uh, he did lead us into uh, the, the gates of hell did prevail. I just trust Jesus. You've got to do this. So again, some people are going to be watching this later and they're going to come back and say nasty things. But again, as I've said a hundred million times, don't do it because God's going to judge you the same way. Don't do it. You want the God of the universe to judge you the way you judge others because, again, he said it just as, uh, was it today or yesterday? I, I wrote all my homilies, uh, preached all my homilies before, but it says the measure with which you measure is the measure you're going to be measured back. So if you are the one of those ones that keep wanting to fight and push the push and push and push and push, become an accuser as uh, we see in the book of Revelation. The accuser is the one who constantly accuses that Satan. You become an instrument of Satan when you're an accuser. And then the God of the universe will accuse you the way you accuse everyone else. So don't do it. Let God be the judge. You get the hell out of the way you just love people as god commanded and let him judge he doesn't need you to judge i promise you so there we go that came from someone who started with me the other day <coughs> and i still haven't worked it out in my own heart so anyway your podcast is called anchored in hope how do i develop hope when i have never really had any hope in my life well Mike, hope is a theological virtue. It's not something that um, we so much like have to work on. We have to, first of all, receive it. So you got to pray for the gift of hope. Remember, the, there are three things that last, faith, hope, and love. Those are the three theological virtues. So we ask God to increase that in our hearts. So they're gifts of God. But then we got to cooperate with it. Often um, people who have been uh, traumatized in their life, you know, again, I've had plenty of trauma in my life, especially when I was young. And I still have great hope. But even with the, the, the great hope, there's still times in my life, there's despair, there's anger, there's all this stuff. So... I just got to keep focusing more on Jesus and less on me. And I got to keep asking for the, 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 the hope uh, that God gives us and uh, keep trusting in God. That um, Because when we look around the world, when we look around things, we can see why people despair. But see, that's the point. 
that we're not looking at the world, we're looking at Jesus. And when you and I look at Jesus, who is hope, and we ask him to take control of our hearts and our lives, and we're spending some such great time in prayer. You know, every time I go to, to prayer, like I, oh gosh, I got to say mass when I was on vacation. I had a house right on the ocean or a condo right on the ocean. And so it had full glass. The whole one wall was just sitting here on Pacific Beach. And so I would have mass um, on the long table there. And so early in the morning as I'm saying mass and the, uh, the, the, the sun is rising, I couldn't see that, of course. I watched the sun set every night. But the grandeur of God, how uh, God is so far beyond any of us. You know, like the ocean, oh my gosh. You know, you look at the stars at night, it's God is so, 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 so big that in the midst of all the, uh, like I didn't look at emails, I didn't look at Facebook, I didn't, everything I've been talking about, it was before I went on vacation because I didn't want any of the stuff that would keep me focused on anything else other than God and... Uh, just being grateful for these 10 days. That's why I was just so grateful that, uh, you know, as soon as I came back, there was one thing after another, after another, I had to look down and they had, they were so nice to give me everything written out to all the things that happened while I was gone, <laughs> which was important, of course. It's like, okay, let's get ready for this. Um, but so our hope comes from being focused on Jesus and all the greatness of who he is and all the great things he does for us, that he saved us in spite of ourselves. And that's where we learn hope. You learn hope in the person of Jesus. So pray more, Mike. Be silent more, Mike. Listen more, Mike. Let God hold you more, Mike. Feel his, put his arms around you every day. Listen to his heartbeat. There's where you're going to find hope. It's in the person of Jesus. Not yourself, not your past. Focus on Jesus. Okay? Hopefully that helps you, Mike. Okay. Do, 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 do. Let's go on. Was the DMA coming up in two weeks canceled? Yes, it was. We still are not ready to start having um, uh, in-person um, retreats yet to bring everybody that close. COVID is better. I think it's getting to the point it's going down the other side. Uh, but again, um, I just found out Father Wright, who used to be with us, he is just getting over COVID. He got it down in LA and his whole community got it. Uh, he was vaccinated, of course, by God's grace, and so uh, he could deal with that better. Um, so all those things, but yeah, we're not ready for that yet, uh, Chris. It's not time. Okay, welcome back, AMDG. I heard it said that prayer cannot change God's mind, but it can change us. I understand the second part, but why do we pray to God for things and we can't change God's mind, but God always wants what's best for us, right? So when we pray, I mean, Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. But, and then later on, James says, we ask and we don't receive because we ask wrongly. So that's why I, you've heard me say many times, the best way to pray for anything is your will be done. 
God, I ask you to heal me, or God, I ask you to heal that person, or God, I ask you to do this. But you love me more than I do. You love that person. You know what's best, so may your will be done in their life. So when we have that um, prayer with that trust in his love, then God will always answer us. But sometimes God says no, huh? which none of us like. You didn't like it when you were a kid. You don't like it when you're an adult either. <laughs> me neither when I'm praying for something or someone's asking me. But I have seen the hand of God many times, and God already knows I was going to ask the prayer, and I was going to ask it in faith, so he's already there, and he's already granting that request. So um, like on the way... Uh, again, I always go to Our Lady, especially when I'm flying. You know, I'm much, oh my gosh, I fly so much anymore. I'm much better. But when we were going uh, from Pittsburgh to Cleveland the other day, he said, everything's a mess. It's going to be a very bumpy flight. Um, so we're not even going to let the uh, stewards um, get up at all during the thing. We're all just going to stay buckled down until we get to uh, uh, Detroit. Now, Pittsburgh, Detroit is about a 40 minute flight. Um, so we sat there and I says, uh, and God already knew I was going to say the prayer and he always, he already knew I was going to go to our lady. And I says, Hey mom, the pilot says it's going to be bumpy all the way across all the way there. That doesn't have to be, you know, I don't like that stuff, but whatever. But Mary, could you make it not bumpy? And I just, with such confidence, you know, can you please? Thank you. <clears throat> not lying. Not one bump for that 40-minute flight. It was unbelievable. It was one of the smoothest flights ever. <laughs> and so I thought, see how good God is in his mother. You know, again, I was just um, <coughs> um, at all the hotels I stayed at when I was uh, all the different places I was at. I always take the big miraculous medals and uh, someone sent me um, uh, little containers for them, like not felt, but you can see through them. And so I put the miraculous medal, I put the uh, the prayer card of the miraculous medal and I pray, put the prayer of um, Cardinal Mercier's prayer of um, surrender the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, the cash for the the people always please when you stay at a hotel always leave something for the person who comes in and cleans and excuse me they have a lot to do so always be generous when it comes to that always so then like so i'll sit there and i'll write it usually after mass so i'll sit there and uh and i don't sign my name i just do what i say um thank you for a fantastic job you did great um Attached is a miraculous medal. Our mother can do miraculous. If you need a miracle in your life, our lady's going to do f great things for you. I prayed for you and for your intentions. God bless you. And so I always leave that uh, on top of the, the medal and the cards. And then like last night, the $25 cash um, for the person. So I know but that gave that, uh, that woman or whoever great hope because not only did she get cash that she needed, I'm sure, but she got cash, she got prayers, she got affirmed, 
And she got a miraculous medal. And all miraculous medals can do such great things, be instruments of such great miracles. So do things like that. Because now you're a hope giver. Now you're an affirmer. Like I'm not good in affirming uh, one-on-one. Uh, too many reasons for that. But that's why I like to, when I can do things that way, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing for me to do. So there you go. Okay. Welcome back to North Pole. Is it ever true? I'm glad I wasn't in Erie when all this started. I haven't been at my house yet, so hopefully it's still okay. Thank you. Yes, I got out, uh, but it was snowing bad in Pittsburgh when I got out too. I've been reading a Catholic book, and it says, if you don't receive communion during the Easter season, you commit a mortal sin. <laughs> well, um, yes, I, I, I've never heard of it being a mortal sin. Um, please don't get stuck on that. It's called our Easter duty, and it's receiving communion. And if you uh, um, have mortal sin, you need to go to confession. <coughs> uh, and the church did that because um, for years people stay, stay, stayed so focused on themselves that they would never go to communion because they didn't feel worthy. So some people would go years without going to communion, and some of them even went to daily Mass. And so the church made it to rule you have to go to communion at least once a year. But don't look at the penalty. I mean, that's why, again, it drives me crazy that the only way sometimes we get people's attention is by putting penalties on that. So that penalty inflicted is the church's penalty. It's not God's penalty. God wants you to receive communion every day. And if you're going to be one of those, he does not, then again, let's just figure on this. You don't know God. It's just that simple. God wanted to be so close to us that he who knew no sin became sin to save us, to save you. And to receive communion, it's give us this day our daily bread. I'm a big one that if, if it's at all possible, you should be going to daily Mass. You don't just look at Jesus when you go to Mass. He says, take this, all of you, and eat of it. He doesn't say, take this, all of you, and reflect on it. He wants you to receive communion every day. And that's why you stay in a state of grace. You make yourself always humble yourself before God. But don't focus on yourself. Again, you've heard me say it so many times, huh? Any theology that keeps you focused on yourself and your sinfulness instead of Jesus is not a true theology. What's well, a true theology, but it's, it's keeping you focused on yourself. And the last thing God wants you to be doing is looking at yourself because then you're going to do things your way. You look at him and you be so grateful that though you're a great sinner, God desires to come and live in you. And again, he lives in you whether you receive him in communion or not. Since baptism, he took up residence inside of you. And when we receive Jesus every day, he grows in us. He must increase, I must decrease. He must increase, I must decrease. So again, stay focused on him. Don't stay focused on all this stuff when people are like, well, it's a sin. 
Oh, please, everything's a sin. <laughs> People are half the time. You know, again, uh, even doing everything so you can go to heaven can be sinful. Why? Because it's all about you. It's a selfish reason. So I can go to heaven. You got to give away your life. Give away. Forget about yourself. It's easy for me to talk about it. It's hard for me to live. <sighs> I know. Okay. By the way, I was stepping out of the plane from San Diego. So I was stepping out of. Well, I was stepping out of the plane in San Diego two weeks ago or 10 days ago. Today, uh, it was when I got out of the plane to come to Pittsburgh this morning, it was uh, 12 degrees. Blech. Anyway, okay. The same book, Imperator, Imperator, by the way, says that it's against mixed marriages. What does that mean? The Catholic Church has always taught that um, Catholics should marry Catholics. Again, it was a way of us controlling our people. <laughs> it just is. Now, you need a dispensation, so don't look at it as sinfulness. I have married lots of Catholics and Protestants, Catholics and Jews, Catholics and atheists. You need permission from the church to do that. It's called a dispensation, and we do them all the time. Um, again, we want to help people walk in their, in their walk with Christ, not put impediments up there as we often do. Yes, and it would have pro it's probably an older book, but it's still the teaching of the church. Catholic, uh, the church wants you to marry Catholics. It's just easier that way. But my problem is, is some people are Catholic in name only. They, you, again, you can go to Mass every Sunday and be an atheist. I'm sorry, but it's true. You know, just because you're following the rules, just because you show up on Sunday at Mass, just because you do whatever, does not mean you're a Christian. A Christian is one who no longer lives Jesus Christ, lives inside of them, and so they get out of the way. God calls us to be disciples, which means we do things his way for his sake, out of love for him, not just so we can go to heaven. And again, you're going to have other people say, well, Father, this, okay, go for it, do what you want, then go do what you want. You want to be miserable every day for the rest of your life, then keep living only about rules. Go ahead, keep doing it. You're always going to be afraid of going to hell. You're always afraid that, oh, what happens if I do this? And you'll always be focused on self instead of being focused on Jesus. So don't do that. And I'm not saying this is you. I'm just saying in general. Um, okay. Anyway, let's go back. Okay, Chris. I see the Old Testament as God preparing the people for Jesus, e.g. an eye for an eye is better than an eye for... Yes, exactly correct. Yes, yes. Okay, you look slightly different. Oh, you have a tan. I didn't lay out, of course. I don't like... I'm not the type that can do that, but I'd walk every day for hours... Um, literally hours out in the sun. So yes, I got a little bit of color while I was out there. Okay. Father, many, 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 many years ago, I had an abortion. Back then, I didn't know the sin I was committing. I repent. I truly repent. But I have a question. A question. Did the soul, the embryo, fetus go to heaven? Yes, I firmly believe that. And John Paul II 
taught the same thing. Um, it's like we celebrate the Feast of Holy Innocence and all these uh, babies that were killed. And these are, two are holy innocents. So again, uh, for you and for anyone who's had an abortion that's listening to us, what I do when I do a parish mission, the way that, because you need healing, and the, the child who's alive and sees the face of God needs reconciliation with you, her mother, or his mother. So where we put a period, we killed that baby. God puts a comma. He takes that baby to himself. There's nothing God is not in control of, absolutely nothing. He can even take our sin and bring redemption out of it. That's what he did on the cross. So we go back to how God is a savior. So, but what do you have to do to have peace about this? So when I do a mission, I always tell people, the first thing you gotta do is repent. Meaning that, you know, you're sorry, like you said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But it isn't just enough to just be sorry because, again, people are afraid they'll go to hell and different things, and that's called imperfect contrition. God wants perfect contrition from us, not imperfect. Imperfect's enough. Again, uh, I know the teaching in church for people who think, I don't think he does. I, I know the teaching in church. Anyway, imperfect contrition is enough to be forgiven, but God's calling us to perfect contrition, meaning that we're sorry because we hurt him and we're sorry because we hurt our baby. We're not just sorry because I might go to hell. I might go to hell. Imperfect contrition. I'm sorry because I hurt God. I hurt his child. Perfect contrition. Okay? So the first thing you do is repent. And so you need to go to confession for that, of course. The second thing you do is you ask God if he gave you a boy or girl because there was a son or daughter in there. God created life. There is no way to have life apart from God. God is the creator of all life. So the moment that that child was conceived uh, is a different reality, uh, a person unto him herself or herself. So ask God if he gave you a boy or a girl, and you'll have a piece about that. You'll have a sense about what that, uh, uh, whether he gave you a boy or girl, or if you've had more than one abortion, boys or girls. So first repent. Second, um, second, sorry, Father Rich Tui, of course, um, just texted me. He wants me to go to a concert. Anyway, edit that out. Anyway, so the second thing you need to do is uh, ask God if you gave your boy or girl. And then the third thing you need to do is to name your son or daughter. You know, so if once God tells you, you know, you have a sense that, okay, I had a boy or I had a girl, uh, give that child a name. And then after you name your child, reach into heaven and ask them for forgiveness by name. And as you sit there and you ask them for forgiveness by name, they are overjoyed because they see the face of God. They've been praying for you to be reconciled with them and with the Father in heaven. And then when you die, they will be standing next to you so proud of their mother or father if it's a man who asked to repent of that because you are reconciled. You have a saint in heaven praying for you, but you need to be reconciled with them. That's always the key 
uh, to bring healing because a lot of people have confessed that sin and they keep confessing and confessing and confessing because they never uh they never feel right about it how, how do you feel right about killing your child but god can bring life out of that can bring reconciliation can bring healing can bring forgiveness and so do those things ask god if you repent ask god if he gave your boy or girl name your son or daughter, and then reach into heaven and ask them by name for forgiveness, and then you will find some healing there, okay? Okay, here. If someone is excommunicated from the church, can they still get back into good standing with the church? Of course. Um, Not that I plan to get excommunicated. (laughs) That's good. If you like, if you have an abortion, help someone have an abortion, it's automatic excommunication. If you uh, are religious, uh, priests are not and get married, it's automatic excommunication. There's a bunch of things that are automatic excommunications. And so a priest, for most of them anyway, uh, the Holy Father has given us permission to lift those excommunications and become reconciled with the church. Of course. Uh of course, Julia. So don't plan on getting excommunicated. We need to pray for all priests, especially the Pope. Very good. I have trouble quieting my mind. Me too. That's why you just go to Scripture and you read the Scripture again and again and again, and that can help quiet your mind. Ryan Family Law. This is the pagan Paul. So sorry. Uh, you can tell a lot about a person by how they treat animals. And Zola's book, You Are a Saint. There you go. I do love animals. I love playing with that dog down there. Uh, there you go. Matthew, January 27th, 2022. Okay, I don't know what that means. Welcome back, Father. God bless you. Uh, da, da, da. It's true, true that. Thursday, January 27th, 2022. Don't know what that is. Don't know what this other thing is from the other one. Our Lady of Peace. Yep, Father Tui from Our Lady of Peace. He wants me to go to a concert uh, on Saturday, but I have a um, uh, talk I have to give, so I don't know what time I'm going to be back, but I love what's one of my favorite things in the world is uh, uh, symphonies. I just love going to symphonies, but uh, there ain't that many people that really love them anymore, and I won't go to a symphony by myself, so um, he just called me, and him and Father Mark are going and invited me, and I said, I would love to, or I'd, depending on the time I get back, I have to look, and I said, I t- he texted me the other, yesterday when I was in uh who cares? I'm getting back to them anyway. I got to go. So again, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for uh, praying for me. I live on your prayers. I need them to keep going. So no, as always, I had mass for you every day on vacation. I prayed for you every day at mass and for your intentions. I love you. And I just uh, won't be here next week. We'll be here, God willing, in two weeks. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace and bring some hope to others, would you? God bless you.